Today's message is, for the record, that's the title of the message. And I believe this, there's only three things that a believer can say. One, I'm sorry. Two, thank you for blessing me. Three, what would you have me to do? A little bit of history on the book of John. A good man. Yes, perhaps one of the best who ever lived. But just a man, say many. Others disagree, claiming that he suffered from a delusion of grandeur. The Messiah complex. And the argument rages over the true identity of this man called Jesus. Suggestions have raged from a simple teacher to egomaniac to a misguided fool. Whosoever was, was, all would agree that Jesus left his mark on history. Here in these discussions, even Christians can begin to wonder and doubt, is Jesus really God? Did he come to save sinners like us? Does God care about me? And sometimes we do wonder that. 1 John was written to dispel doubts and build the assurance by presenting a clear picture of Christ entering history. Jesus was and is God in the flesh. And God in focus seems seen, heard, and touched by the author of this letter, John the Apostle. John walked and talked with Jesus and saw him die met him as he risen, and saw him ascend up. Jesus knew God. He lived with him, and had seen him work. And John enjoyed the fellowship with the Father and the Son all the day of his life. The other statesman, the church, John wrote this letter to his little children. In it, he presented God as light, God is love, and God is life. He explained in simple and practical terms what it means to have a fellowship with God. At the same time, false teachers have entered the church, denying the incarnation of Christ. John wrote to correct their serious errors, so John's letter is a model for us. To follow as we combat modern heresies. John opens the letter by giving a credentials as an eyewitness of the incarnate word stating his reason for the writing. Chapter 1 through 1 through 4. He presenting God as light symbolizes, symbolizes purity and holiness. 5 through 7. Explains how the believer can walk in the light and have fellowship with God. 8 through 10. If they do sin, Christ is their defender. Chapter 2, 1 and 2. John urges them to obey Christ fully, to love all members of God's family. 2, 3 through 17. And warns his readers to anticipate of the Antichrist and the Antichrist who will try to lead, lead people away from the truth. John 18 through 29. In the next section, John presents God 
as love, giving, dying, forgiving, and blessing. 3, 1 through 4, 21. God is love, and because of God's love, us, he calls us his children, and to make us like Christ. Chapter 3, 1 and 2. This truth should motivate us to live close to him. John 3, 3 through 6. He can be sure of our family relationship with God when our life is filled with good deeds, love for others. John 3, 7 through 14. Again, John warns the false teachers and twists the truth and should reject false teachers. John 4, 1 through 6. As we continue to live in God's love, chapter 4, 7 through 21, in the last section, Jesus presents God's life, John 5 through 21. God's life and his son. To have a son is to have eternal life. Do you know God? Do you, does Christ know you? Do you have eternal life? Lord, forgive me. And the Bible clearly tells us that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there's only three things we can say, as I said a moment ago. Lord, forgive me. Lord, thank you for blessing me. Thank you, Lord. What would you have me to do? Psalms 51.1 says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitudes of thy tender mercies. And truly God's mercy does suit our case. Psalms 51, if you know the story where David had an affair with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. David sinned and he recognized he was told of his sin and he confessed and asked God's forgiveness. We have to do the same, ask God to forgive us of our sins. Blot out my transgressions. Ask God to create in you a clean heart and renew that right spirit within you. Then you have the joy of salvation and you will teach others about the goodness of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53, 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We turned over to his own way. And the Lord had laid the iniquity of us all. We did, he, deser, he deserved no death. He died on a cross for our sins. He paid a debt that he did not owe. And that we can't pay. That's why we constantly have to ask God's forgiveness. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. Seek ye the Lord, why he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let it return to the Lord. For he will have mercy upon him, and to our God will he abundantly pardon. When I say call on the God why he is near, you don't know what the next hour is going to present. You have all against somebody, you still got to confess your sins as a believer. Because you, you lose that fellowship with God when you don't. And he will forgive you. He'll set the record straight. Because our righteousness is filthy rags. And our righteousness is nothing. That's why we have to ask for God's righteousness. He says, if you hunger and thirst after the righteousness, you shall be filled. But we all like flee, fade away. Now after that, Jesus, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, it is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. And I say to you today, it's still at hand. 
No one knows when Christ has come back for his church. And we, it behooves us to be ready. It behooves us to continue to be on 69th Street and tell people of the goodness of Jesus Christ. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That is our function. That's what God requires us to do. Repent ye and believe the gospel. I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Nicodemus knew he was a teacher from God. He told Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you repent, be, except you repent, man cannot be born again and will not see the kingdom of God. You must be born from above. You have to accept Christ, and that's our message to 69th Street and those around us. The word must go forth. And first of all, you cannot save yourself. If God calls you and knocks on the door of your heart, it behooves you to answer the call and be saved. No man come unto, unto the Father but by me, which has sent me, and draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Because Jesus speaks about his invitation. Matthew comes unto me saying, All ye are labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I'm meek and lonely heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. See, we have the burden of sin in our hearts and our minds. And the only way to relieve this burden is to confess it to Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I call upon him and ask forgiveness of sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall not perish but have everlasting life, that whosoever does not have a name, anybody can be saved that they desire to be saved. For God sent not a Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. It is by faith that you believe. You have to believe it by faith. And that's what we're trying to people to understand. It's not, it's not an intellectual thing. You have to believe it by faith. Believe that God is. Just look around to see the goodness of God. We have the air. We have the sun and the night. That's the sign that God is. God lives. And it's for by grace you say through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not a worse as any man should boast. We can't do nothing to earn this salvation. We have to believe what the Bible says about Jesus. First, you have to admit that you are a sinner. You have to admit that you have lost in sin and you are shaping iniquity. For, for we have all come short the glory of God. Then we got to believe. Acts 16.31 says, and they say, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Then commit yourself to Jesus Christ. But as many as have received in them, he gave power to become the sons of God, that believe on his name, Jesus Christ. Believe it in your heart. Confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. As I tell you, Philippians 2, 8 says, Every niche that he died on the cross, he humbled himself, became obedient to death on the cross. That's why every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Glory to God the Father. We have to believe that. And we have to make other people believe it or get them to understand it and believe what God has done for them. That God loved them so much that he laid his life down for them. That's the purpose of our mission to tell everybody what Jesus Christ did on the cross. It's his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What he paid for our sin debt. Now thank you Lord for blessing me. If he woke you up this morning. You are blessed. 
You have activity of your limbs. You are blessed. Thank you, Lord, for your mercies are new every morning. It's the Lord's mercies that were not consumed. Because in compassion fail not. They're new every morning. You rise up this morning, you are blessed. We have unmerited favor with Christ. And he, it's, we didn't do what we did not deserve. It. And that's why I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And that's why we should enter his gates with thanksgiving and do his course with praise. Be thankful and then bless his name. Let everything, let everything praise the Lord. One, Psalms 150 and 6. Because the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That he comes that we may have life and have it more abundantly. We did that lesson on just to see Jesus. We just want to go through that door. We are saved that we can go through that door. He is the light of the world. He is the bread of life. We can share this with the people where we go. Because there's seven things God did with our sins. Psalms 103, 103.12 tells us, As far as east is from the west, so far he's removed our transgressions from us, never to be remembered. Isaiah 38.17 Thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Number three, Even I have blotted out thy transgressions from mine own sake. I will not remember thy sins no more. No more. Isaiah 44, 22. I blot out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and thy cloud. Sins returned unto me, for I have redeemed thee. And Michael 7, 19. He will then turn again and will have compassion upon, he, upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and then cast our sins in the depths of the sea, never to come back. Number six, blotting out our transgressions, the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Hebrews 10, 17, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. For that I'm thankful. That's why I can say thank you. My sins will never be remembered. They will never come up. The accuser cannot do nothing about it. Because when God sees us, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why I can say thank you for blessing me. Not only has he blessed me, he provided all my needs according to his riches and glory. And we have to understand when we accepted Jesus Christ into our life, the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. And I like 1 John 4, 4. We got to understand, great is he that is in you that he is in the world. Satan can go but so far, but God is in control of it all. And he's going to protect us for those who are the believer. And we have to understand that. And number three, and see, we love God because he first loved us. We didn't love God. We weren't seeking God. We didn't want nothing to do with God. But he talked to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. He knocked on the door of our hearts told us to come you heavy laden and I'll give you rest learn of me for I'm meek and lowly in heart you will find rest for your souls he came to us Lord what would you have me to do what would you have me to do we can't do enough for God 
for the price he paid on Calvary's cross. First of all, in the first commandment, we should love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. That is the first and great commandment. That's in Matthew 20, 22, 37, and 38. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mark says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Love the Lord thy God with all the heart and all the soul and all the mind and all the strength. Secondly, love your neighbors as you love yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Both Matthew and Mark says that. Love your neighbors as you love yourself. And as many times in the Bible it tells how we're to love our neighbors. Love our enemies. Psalms 4, 5 says, Offer sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with, with all your heart. Do good to those around you. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit the way unto the Lord and He shall bring it to pass. And this is one we're doing in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go ye into all the world. Teach. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things. And whatsoever I've commanded you, Lo, I'm with you always, even under the end of the world. And let me just stop there for a minute. See, we think we're doing this work. We are working for God. So when we have a need, God will answer our prayers. We need labors. Pray for labors and God will bring the labor. Because it's God's work. It's God's purpose. It's God's plan for us to do this. And I have a renewed mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And may not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you'll know the perfect will of God. I believe on this, and I stand on it. And the Lord laid on my heart that I need to go give out tracts. I need to give a word. Because people are dying and going to hell. And that's our job to tell them about the goodness of Jesus Christ. And be renewed in the spirit of our minds. And fight the good fight of faith. And lay a hold on this eternal life that God has given us. Because God, Christ paid a price for our sins. God doesn't want anybody to be lost. He wants us all to come to repentant heart. Tell people about this goodness of Jesus. His death. He died a horrible death. Nails in his hand. Nails in his feet. Hung up on a cross. For you and for me. And he asked God to forgive them. For they know not what they do. He took care of his. his Apostle John gave him a mother. Gave her a son. And forgave those who crucified him. He even said, my God, my God, what hast thou forsaken me? Because our sin was on Jesus Christ. That's why his father could not look on him because our sins was on him. He paid the ultimate price. And he was without sin. So people have to know the law that if you have Christ, you're saved, you won't be condemned by the law. You're saved from the tyranny of sin and you have the Holy Spirit to help you to live this life and tell someone about Jesus. He was buried. 
Out of sight, out of mind. If you remember, they broke the legs of one and broke the legs of the other. But his legs, they did not break. They pierced his side. Blood and water came out. They could down and put him in a borrowed tomb. But guess what? On the third day, and that's why we can rejoice today, on the third day, he got up with all power in his hands for you and for me. So you and I can enjoy this eternal life that we have because we have to believe that Christ died for us. We believe all that. And his resurrection and the story of his resurrection and his crucifixion is in Matthew 27, 29 through 28, 1 to 10. Mark tells about it, 15, 22, 16 to 20. Luke talks about 23 to 26, 14, 1 to 10. John 19, 17, 20 to 1, this 10. And see, Jesus even took a thief with him into paradise. Nobody knows anything about the thief. Nobody knows what he did. But he knew enough that this was Jesus the Christ. This man didn't do nothing to die this way. And asked him, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus assured him, this day, this day, thou will be with me in paradise. Then the saw Jesus after that, read 11 through 31. Mary was at the tomb, was looking for this, the body of Jesus. And Jesus called out to her, said, go tell my brethren and your brethren, your God and my God, that he was going into Galilee. And then when they were in the upper room, and I like this part, in the upper room, he came in, talked to them, and Thomas wasn't there. But Thomas came, and they told him that Jesus was here. And Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it. As I put my finger in the front of his hand, and my fist in his side. And this is the part I like. When Jesus came back eight days later, he told Thomas, take your finger and put it in my hand. Take your fist and put it in my side. And Thomas said, my God and my Lord. And this is why we can rejoice. Thomas saw Jesus. It was right there. And wasn't going to believe until he did what he did. But after he got proof that Jesus Christ was the son of the living God, he had raised from the dead, he believed it. We have never seen Jesus. We believe what the Bible says about Jesus. We have the comforter to comfort us and to know that what he has done in our lives. And that's why we can only say, Lord, I'm sorry. The things we think of other people, the things we say, it makes us almost ashamed. Almost ashamed. We should love one another with un love beyond love. And then thank God for what he did. Just the idea, blot out your sins and took your sins away. Washed them away. We're washed in the blood of the Lamb. What can make me whole? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why we should be willing to do what God would have us to do. And that's why we got to stay on this road. Serve God. Tell someone about this Jesus so they can have this. That they can know that they are sinning and not serving God. So they won't be condemned by the law. Because if you broke one commandment, you broke them all. So, 
You're not guiltless. These people have to understand that. I was on my job prior to me leaving. This came in, and that man came out of the end of the shop, and I was cursed. Took the Lord's name in vain. And I was appalled. What's wrong with you? He said, I don't believe that. That's a fairy tale. I went back to my job discouraged because I couldn't get him to understand. But God told me, you're on the right way. You're going to the you're going down the path of the right. Raw is the way that leads to destruction. And many are going to go there. But we're on the path of the right. Lord, I thank you for allowing me to deliver your word. I thank you for this audience, this congregation. And Lord, may we live according to your word, your will, and your way. May we live and be thankful unto you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. And let us be willing to do. You told us what to do. Show us how to do it. And what we do know how to do, let us do it with vigor, with enthusiasm, knowing what you did for us on Calvary's cross. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Do you want me to just, okay.